0: Rashawn Ali, everybody's homegirl, everybody's favorite soror, the Cool Sor, representing the ATL and the east side of Decatur. What's happening? Five, four, three. Okay, here we go. It's the Cool Sor Podcast, hosted by me, Rashawn Ali. <laughs>
1: <laughs> With all of what you've said in mind, what, what was the process of embracing submission as a woman? in a marriage with this dynamic like for you?
0: I grew up in a household where my mom wore the pants. She was in control of everything. Um, and while she took care of everything and it was great, my dad was just like, you know, football coach, you like, I don't wanna do all that, just have where it is, you know. Um, I didn't want to do that in my own. I wanted to Even and then there's a paradigm shift in in marriages. Like you know, in the beginning, I was working at the Atlanta Board of Education, you know, in the accounts payable department. We were kind of equally, as far as financial, like equally making the same thing. And then I got this radio gig, you know, and I won this contest, and I'm literally making twenty five thousand dollars a year, seven eighty seven fifty, every two weeks, (laughs) seven eighty seven fifty, right? But I'm on the hottest show in Atlanta. Mm. On the hottest show in Atlanta, making twenty five. We had a split. Me and CJ, my girl CJ, we had to split a fifty thousand um, dollar salary. So they gave us twenty five apiece on the hottest show in Atlanta. Like, you know. So we went from that, but then I start, you know, things started happening. Yeah. And the clubs and you in the club, you can get you can get you three or four hundred dollars for a two hour period. But <laughs> yep, I, I'm yep, making yep. It. I'm I'm rolling in the dough in my mind. And then you know, once things started to move, and then Ryan left, and then now I'm in real contract negotiations. Shout out to Sherry Riley. Like, she and Wayne Brown literally neg- negotiated my first real deal where I actually made some some real money. Yeah. Like, wow. And yeah. Donald Woodard, that's my attorney. Like, we, like, but it progressed to that. But also, you move on in your career and then you get fired. So you go from making You know, you in the club, you at Club Taboo, or you at the Underground, shout out to Tiwa, Tiwa, who runs the Atlanta Greek Picnic, who put money in my pocket. Shout out to my man Jimmy, when I was unemployed, he kept money in my pocket by hosting the club. I used to host a club with Tracy Steele, DJ Tracy Steele. Like, I've been in this game for so long, but you go from making what you would, when you're unemployed, and that's before everything was digital, I had to call to, to make sure I got this $300 every Thursday. I would make that in a 30-minute club appearance. So that happened to me three times. I was unemployed three times from radio. So you can't tell me about not having or having to work. And even as a, I know I had it. Like, if I had to call my mom and daddy, like, I could. Mm-hmm. But I also was a married woman. Now, my mom would tell you, like, my mama helped me. My mama has helped me tremendously in my life, all literally up until probably, I mean, you know, prior to Sister Circle, that was what, 2017, 2018? Mm-hmm. And now she's like, you need anything? I'm like, well, I'm good, I'm good. What you need? I'm gonna send a car for you. You know, like, like yeah. to, be to, it, to be able to pay it forward. She's like, you need anything? I wanna see all my money spent while I'm here, mm-hmm. you know? While I'm still allowed to show it, you know? But she has done so much for me. My brother was like straight. He's always been financially savvy. He's always been that guy. That ain't me. I'm a creative, yeah. you know. And I just be like, let's just we get it. Let's spin it, but right. let's have a good time. What bottle's at? <laughs> I mean, that's me. I'm that's the yeah. person yeah. I am. That's just who I am. Like yeah. I gotta get into like I have a whole thing about finances and you know and 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 find you know and and scarcity when yeah. it comes to that because mm-hmm, I mm-hmm, it has mm-hmm. been it ha- I've had a lot, and then all of it is taken away. I've had to tap into it to keep Bailey in a private school, had to tap into my 401K from Radio One, completely depleted, completely depleted, gone. And then you build it back up. And then I always am just prayerful like, God, please just give me tenfold from what I lost. And God does every single time. So I'm saying all that to say, there's always paradigm shifts because when he was continuing to teach and all of that, yeah, and do his thing and provide for our family, Never emasculated my husband. There was a time that I did, unknowingly. He's always and will be the man of our home. He leads our family. No matter the dollar my, amount I make, I'll never let him ever feel less than that. Cause he is a real father. He's a real man, and that man loves those girls, and he love me. <laughs> I love <laughs> me. He loves me and I love him. I like him mm. a lot. I
1: love that. You've talked about loss quite a bit as we've been talking. And with that often comes times or can come times where a person gives themselves permission to quit. I was watching a clip of Tyler Perry talking about this recently and how he was homeless and he literally wanted to die and God sent him these small reminders and just enough for him to say, okay, I'm I'll get up today. I'll I'll keep going. Was there, has there been a pivotal moment in your life where you gave yourself permission to quit, but ultimately reneged on that? I quit
0: sideline reporting. Was, I, I quit. I quit. But I, I it just didn't feel good. And I feel like I was forcing it. It was everybody else's dream for me, but I just, it never felt good. And I would have my prayer warriors every time I would do a game, like, y'all pray for me, I know I can get this stand-up right. And then I would see people just kill stand-ups, I'd be like, and I'd be like, and click, ha, And then he fumble, (laughs) and pop! And it just would come out like crazy, (laughs) like, who are you? You know this! But it just wouldn't come out right. And I'm like, I am forcing something that doesn't need to be me. So I think that there's a level of letting things go. I won't mm-hmm. say quitting. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't serving me. I told, I called my agent. I was like, hey, I had a big mistake on camera during a hit at the MAC conference. It was a MAC conference commissioner, but I was referring to the opponent, but the opponent was not a MAC conference team. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. My recovery was really not good. We had a hit, we had a commercial break, and we went back, and I had time to recover, but did not recover well. As a black woman, as a dark-skinned black woman with short hair, CBS Sports Network, no offense to them, there was no room for error. I got moved off that package immediately to a lower package, and I was like, yeah, I'm I'm actually good on this. And not that because, it was my mistake, I I made the mistake. Mm but there's no room for error. And I just didn't love it anymore. I didn't love doing it. I called Jamel Hill and I called Carrie Champion. And that's when Jamel was doing Sideline. It was the same year she was doing Sideline. She was like, girl, I hate it too. And Carrie was like, look at the video. Is it really as bad as you're making it? And I looked at it and I was like, it's not, you're right, it's not, but it is. And she knew and they both knew, we have little room for error see what happened with Jamel Hill. Mm -hmm. Carrie Champion is doing her own, you know what I mean? Doing her own thing as well, too. But I just, you know, I just didn't want to do it. So you talk about quitting. I I left things that no longer served me. There were times that I thought about, like, letting it all go, not doing anything harmful to myself. But, Mm -hmm. like, there are times when you're in your prayer class, you're like, man, when is this thing going to break for me? Like, when am I going to do this? When am I going to be the thing? When am I going to be the girl? Mm -hmm. When am I going to stop being the The person that's just getting $300 to do highlights at NBA TV all night. But you keep moving. The blessing is in the movement. I didn't even want to record this season of the podcast. But I had people who love me and people who encourage me, my producer Nicole, my production uh, guru, KD, and my therapist. like, no, you got to keep going. You got to keep going. You got to have people that's going to help you in your moments. Like, I have moments. Yeah. Like everybody else. Like everybody else. So, yeah, there are moments where I want to quit, but I also understand that there's somebody watching you mm-hmm. that needs you to keep going. Keep going.
1: You leave sideline reporting. Radio's behind you to an extent. Yeah. Here comes sister circle. Yeah, man. <laughs> we'll both take a sip. <laughs> I had to sign um, some paperwork. Ooh, ooh. You when the laugh. show was cancelled. So there's only a certain amount of things that I can say. Oh, really? But you didn't. I had so. to sign none of
0: that. <laughs> I never knew you had to sign something. Yeah,
1: they made us sign, I don't know if I can say that we had to sign like an NDA of, of oh. sorts. So there there's I've had to be very politically correct with my opinions about what occurred or what have you. But for you, when it, I'll ask you two questions. The first question is when it ended, was it no
0: longer serving you? Anyway. Oh, it wasn't serving me probably a year before it ended.
1: It wasn't serving me anymore. Why, how so?
0: As the moderator of the show or the, you know, I was never given that title, but everybody kind of knew what I did. I had to navigate not only what was going on on camera, But as a a woman who's a cancer woman, we want to make sure everybody's good at the detriment of our own livelihood and our own sense of self. And so it was becoming so debilitating to take care of everything else around the show that I completely neglected me. But in retrospect, Sister Circle allowed me to get in my my counselor's chair, Mm -hmm. my therapist's chair. I was able to see myself in a completely different way. And it gave me the reps to be able to do what we're doing here today and do more things. So I, um, when it ended, I gave myself 24 hours to be sad. Then I was like, man, I ain't got to get up at (laughs) five. Oh, I'm sorry. 4.30, I can take my kids to school. (laughs) I can do all the things. I can do all the things that I want to do now. Um love everybody that was a part of the show Absolutely. who would, who were and you know are still in my life um a part of that show but I I don't miss it. I don't miss I miss being able to talk about certain things but there were some things I'm still very uncomfortable with. I'm yeah. not going to be a person that's going to get on social media when things happen with our people and be vocal about that. Mm-hmm. I may repost something I may like put something in my story. And I think that people shouldn't be judged on how they advocate or how mm-hmm. they uh, stand up for our community. I was very, I was, I've been, I've always been very uncomfortable with pe- things that make me sad, that mm-hmm. things, because I internalized so many things. When Sandy Hook happened, I was on the radio and my radio producer, Akini, um, was like, you have to, we have to talk about it. And I knew we had to talk about it, It's nothing yeah. we, but it was so, it, it hurt my soul I remember I was like the Face Records when Columbine happened. I'm looking at it and and for for someone like me who has a soul like mine, I think my soul is very, very pure and open. It, it destroys me in a way that it just doesn't do. For people that, I've never looked at George Floyd's video. I've mm-hmm. never looked at um, Jordan Neely. I'm not gonna look at those things and people think that that's so bad as a black woman and as a black person, you gotta look at it. But I can't unsee those things. So I can't allow it to be in my spirit like that. Mm. I know what happened, yeah. and I know, I know the end result. And I don't think that we should be judged for those things. So, Sister Circle forced me to have to talk about certain things mm. that hurt my spirit, but it wasn't about me. And I understood that it was for our people. Yeah. But now that I can personally excuse myself from certain things, but still be very involved in what we need to do to make it better I don't have to talk about it if I don't want to Mm. I can have my feelings and I can have my prayers and I'm okay with that and not be judged for that there's advocacy in prayer too yeah there's advocacy in thought there's advocacy in meditation for those for people who have suffered and are suffering, I do it every single morning for my children to protect them. My nieces, my cousins, everybody mm-hmm. in my family, protect them from anybody else's yes. stupid ill will. Please, God, don't let them be a victim of somebody's decision of their free will in life. We could go on and mm. on. I know we gotta wrap with I other people. <laughs> I like how you just
1: said that. Well we're, we're not we're not going to rap before we talk about it. and we got a few other things. Okay. But we have to move to all the Queen's men. Because Ms. you Tansy, yeah, you talked about people not being people shouldn't be judged for for particular ways Tough. in which they respond to things. Tough. You go from sister circle and mind you you've been acting for many many years. Mm-hmm. But it it almost seems seamless in a way. Once we kind of got through and figured out how to maneuver through the pandemic here comes all the Queen's men. Sisters was first. Sisters, excuse yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Then comes All the Queens Men where you are, Miss Tandy, which is a veer far away from how most people perceived your on-camera se.
0: Yeah. Um, It was completely opposite. Like, she's... Go ahead. Finish the question. Now, you said opposite. Completely. Well... Right. So, how...
1: (laughs) From a (laughs) sexual liberation standpoint, where are the parallels between Rashawn Ali and Miss Tandy? Because I just kind of feel like...
0: You're well, not all the way different. Well, no, no, no. Miss Sandy was doing things that obviously I wouldn't. Well, yeah, do, we're like, not talking about committing people, crimes and stuff. That kind of thing. Um, but there is, you know, I think that women should feel like they can be sexually who they are um, even when society tells you you're you're not supposed to be that person. Um, societal norms makes us feel like, listen, we're just, you know, in our homes with our mate and missionary style and then then that's it. There's no desire for um, other things Mm -hmm. or other people or, you know. And so I think Miss Tandy has, you know, liberated a lot of women but also has given me uh, permission to be more open with who Rashawn is, not not sexually per se, but just like embracing that there's so many different types of people in the world who Mm -hmm. love different types of things. And although it's very difficult in the beginning, like literally I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. What are people gonna say, oh my God? You know? But then being like, when I get, when I'm out in public and I'm literally at the store and and this woman walks up to me, she's like, girl, I am (laughs) Miss (laughs) Handy." All of it. I was like, all of it? You do everything she does. Girl, and then, she, then she FaceTimes her daughter. No, no, you no. You ain't going to believe no, this. No. I am with Miss Tandy. Tell her, girl. <laughs> Your daughter knows. She knows what you do. But to, to feel, and it's a black woman. So I think a lot of people see themselves, you know, as portions of who Miss Tandy is. And I I love her. I love her now, I was very afraid of her in the beginning. Why? Because it's, it's a highly sexual show, and I was I was thinking about what people would think. Of course, I'm thinking about what other people would think. Do you consider
1: yourself a highly sexual person?
0: I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's. I think age definitely has lent its grace to me, in the form of um, being more highly sexual um, with my husband and, and things. You know, we you know we have. You know, he'd probably be like, "Girl, more, please." Um, <laughs> he wouldn't say "girl" like that, but you know, he'd be like, "Let's. let's how about a little bit more?" I'm just thing You talked about with Miss Cherie. <laughs> you know, um, but I, I, I think that I love, let me, I'll just say it like this I love to see women who embrace all of who they are. I love to see it. I do. I love to see it. I, and I, I don't judge anybody, women and men, I don't judge anybody. Whatever makes you feel good, and whoever you are, be that person. Feel free to be that person. Don't do it. I know, where, no, you're a no, I know where you're going to go, but no, I'm not going to no, let you no, go there. I'm just asking you. Okay. How has Smitty handled you? Oh, he's never this watched role? the show a day in his life. He's never watched any scene with me in it.
1: Was that his decision or yours, or the mu- mutual uh, decision? He probably,
0: well, he probably made that decision. I was, I was like, yeah, I want to sit this one out, as I told my parents and his parents. This, this show <laughs> just—it's yeah, going to be a lot. <laughs> It's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot to see. But then I come home, and obviously our lives have been changed because of this opportunity, and I'm grateful to Mr. Perry and everybody at TPS um, who has really stretched me Mm -hmm. in a way that I would have never been stretched had I not gotten this opportunity. So I'm very, I'm forever grateful for this role. Forever grateful.
1: With the role comes a lot of fans, but also a lot of scrutiny in certain respects Mm -hmm. that you have weathered for quite some time. Yep. Um, How has that been for you to handle criticism from ultimately at times people that were or that you expected to champion you?
0: Yeah. I knew it might have come, but I just didn't know it was going to come in the form in which it came Um, from people who literally have, uh, you know, who you've spent a tremendous amount of time with, who you've worked alongside, and um, you realize that everybody's not going to be happy for you, and it, you know, and then you know, being in a sorority um, and being, you know, um, viewed a certain way, or 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 basically like how I've always presented. Mm-hmm. You know, being this host and very upstanding. And not that I'm not that way, because she's a character. She right. literally is a character. It's not like I'm on Pornhub and like, well, did you see Rashawn? Right. Uh, episode, <laughs> did you see just Google? Or just, you know, it's not like yeah. I was doing that. And you know who brought me down? My My daughters. Bailey and Carter. They were like, what happened? But isn't it just a role? And I'm mm. like, here we go. They are. Out of the mouths of of babes. babes. And at the time, Carter was a tween and Bailey had just become literally a teenager. you like, it's a role, right? Mm. I mean, mind you, they haven't seen it. (laughs) But it is a role. So that was very hurtful. And it made me move in a different way. I was like, let me just step back a little bit. So that, because I am blessed to be able to do so many things. Yeah moderate, host, Mm -hmm. not only just in my career, but also in my organization and all that. I was like, let me just step back just a little bit so that the line, so that the light isn't on me so much, so Mm -hmm. that when things come up, I'm not over here hosting something for all of these amazingly beautiful um, dignitaries and then Mm -hmm. have a show on. So I was like, let me just try to find a good balance. Mm -hmm. And that was just a personal decision to take a step back. Mm-hmm. Take a step back. And well, you, I have for, for for about a year now.
1: Okay. Well, you've taken a step onto the stage, the fitness competitor stage. Oof. You look amazing. I hope Katie though the producer in me, wants him to insert photos of you on stage right here. It would be so nice to see them.
0: She's telling you how to do your job.
1: Yes. And... Look at that, me being a control freak. But But, you know, in all seriousness, I mean, obviously this helped you in looking amazing on All the Queen's Men. Yeah. But you talked about body dysmorphia earlier it. on in our conversation. Yeah. And also we've talked about perfectionism. These two things coupled together with fitness competitions sounds like a recipe for a disaster. disaster. So, I don't even know if I could say how have you told the line? How have you balanced that? Because it seems to me there is some imbalance there. Where do
0: you sit right now, Rashawn, oh if, With, if, with if, your body? Well, this season I've worn clothes that have covered up my arms. I mean, um, I I don't know when this, actually this episode will air, but like the only thing I kind of show was like, you know, a little breast with with my conversation with my, my, my mentor and my brother, Ryan Cameron, just, I just, you know, but um, I, and people may think of this really crazy, but I think I am very, I think I'm big right now, <laughs> honestly. Um, Because when you come from that stage life, and people don't talk about this, when you you transform your body, I literally transform my body. And there's a level of discipline, there's a level of things that you take away, like like all of that for so long. And you get on that stage and you see things on your body that you've never seen Mm -hmm. before. Even Mm -hmm. as an athlete, my whole life I've been an athlete. But seeing things like, oh my God, here I am, a 40. The first time I competed I was 46, Hmm. 45, something like that. And I was like, look at this, this is incredible. And then my last competition was last year this time. Correct. And so for about six months, I was able to kind of maintain it. And then I started living a little bit, like eating food, (laughs) (laughs) like having cocktail hours with people, like actually having a life. Yeah. But then my body was like, oh, we like this. Where you want to put it? Where you going to put all this extra stuff? How about your stomach But then there's, there's, this, there's this thing, this is a juxtaposition, dichotomy, whatever you want to call it. But, like, yeah. my husband and everybody in my life loves the way the new weight has landed. Right. Mm-hmm. I got a little booty. <laughs> I got a little, little something up here. Things I ain't ever really had before. <laughs> I've had them, but they have landed great. Yeah. But I just you haven't ain't really. It. You ain't feeling it. Some days I feel it. Some days I'll be like, man, you need to get yourself together. We're going to eat. We're going to start eating right after, this, after you finish the podcast this week. Just come on, get back to right. Get, get back. But I still eat well, relatively. Yeah. I still work out. You know, I, I recently me and my my trainer, he, as soon as I walked in, Rashad was like, I know you about to let me go. <laughs> I can see it on your face. I just need new energy. So mm-hmm. my husband is going to train me now. Um, and I'm just trying to find who I am mm. and find the body that I love again. And mm. I know it sounds really over the top, especially for people who are struggling like really have issues with their their weight. And I, and I don't, and that's why I don't really like to talk about it publicly, because people are like, girl, what are you talking about? You're a four. But then for me, I know we're gonna go back in and shoot all the Queen's men for the mm. next season. Like yeah. there's a certain, a, a certain way I wanna look when I yeah. go back into my character. Because she's shown up in a way that looked like somebody who just walked off stage Yeah. in the second season. I literally had just walked off stage. So my cuts were completely different than what they look now. Now, it might be some fans that be like, we like the theater showing. <laughs> so I'm just trying to find who she is in the middle. Because I don't know if I want to compete in that way. Mm-hmm. At least not right now. Because I want to go have sushi after the show today. And maybe some hot sake. I drink my water and I still work out, but there's a level of, and I told myself, babe, you really have not even given yourself of a year to live.
1: Yeah.
0: I competed for literally, I did three shows in 10 months. But you got to think about it. I prepare prior to that. To be able to do 10 shows in 10 months, your body has to be at a certain yeah. weight to yeah. be able to compete that long. So you have, cons- you have yeah, consistently, consistently looked yeah. and eaten and done the certain. That's a lot of life. And somebody broke it down to me. Are you endorsed by any of these people or any of these organizations or any of these brands? I'm a 48-year-old, almost a 48-year-old woman in the master's level. Mm. Ain't nobody endorsing me. Not now. And you got to be on a certain level to even think about getting an endorsement. Yeah. That ain't going to happen for me. It's all very personal. So I think about, like, why did I do it in the beginning? Go back to your why. What was that for you? I think it was because as an athlete, I felt like, oh, there's another level that my body can get to.
1: Hmm.
0: And I want to see if I can do it. Most athletes always want to go higher. I don't care yes. how old you
1: are. Yes, I've been You're talking to one an, now.
0: I've been an athlete, I've been a competitive athlete since yes. I was five years old. Five. Five. Started swimming year round at 10, went to college on a swimming scholarship, then started doing triathlons, then half marathons, then bodybuilding. So now I'm like, should I go back to triathlon life? Should I go back mm-hmm. into master swimming? Because there's a level of there's level of there's a level of, uh, of that competitive spirit that never dies as an athlete. Hmm. Some let her die. I don't. My husband too, we'll be up there like in the, in the mirror, like, shit, yeah, look at me, look at me, look at me. Look at me. <laughs> what you doing? What you got going on? What you got going on? Because he's a football, he was a football yeah. player, he ran track, and you know, we and we're and we're just like that. You mentioned
1: the mirror. I don't look in the mirror right now. What what is, okay. Because I was going to ask you, what does Rashawn Ali say to herself when she looks in the mirror? So let's talk about why you don't look in the mirror.
0: When I get out of the shower, I don't look in the mirror right now. Why? Because I don't like what I see. I don't like what I see. I don't like what I see. Because when you have come from that space, people don't talk about this part of, Being a competitor. They don't talk about that.
1: So you don't see any of what's in here? What's in here? I'm
0: trying. You only see. Right now. This is where I am in this space right now. No. I'm working on getting my spiritual connection back. Mm -hmm. Just really just. My career is booming. Yeah. My spiritual life and my walk. We got to get that right. But the thing about it is I recognize it. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't recognize it. And I wake up. We like, well, how we gonna do that? We gonna we gonna have we vibrating high? We vibrating no delay. We vibrating. What we doing? We gonna vibrate high? We gonna and then I, I make a decision. I'm like, oh, well, there's a low. That's a low point. You gonna try to get high vibrationally later, or what we gonna do? I have real self talks to the point where
1: you, you talk to yourself out oh, you loud mean, in literally. rooms full of people. It's fascinating. I've witnessed it multiple times. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just. It's, 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 it's the thing, and I hope that you know people. People can understand to to be okay with where you are. Yeah. Now, a month from now, I could be like, "Let me tell you guys, I have completely <laughs> transformed my life. I'm doing like, and I am. I'm working on it daily. I'm like, let me do these affirmations and <laughs> light these Palo Santo sticks. I can do it. <laughs> but then I'd be like, man, hey, you want to <laughs> meet for lunch? Where we going? You had a first shot? Okay, cool, cool. And there's nothing wrong with that either Right. but finding the balance and just getting my spiritual self back. But it's fine. Everything's fine, guys. <laughs> You're saying that for you. It, I am. That's your, that's your thing. Right. Rashawn, I met you six
1: years ago, yeah. which is so crazy. I know. There is an assuredness about you that I didn't see when I first met you. I know. You talk about therapy a lot. When did you get in your bag and how did it happen for you?
0: When I stopped trying to prove who I was to people, and I want to say this to you. I don't know if you know this. But, y- you know, you were in a space, you know, when we were at Sister Circle. Um, and you used to be like, you can't be that nice. You can't be this, that. You can't be that. I used like, why, do, why can't I be like who I am? And, and But you were in a different we always talk about this. You mm-hmm. were just, you were different at, at mm-hmm. a certain point. We were close, and then we weren't close, and then things changed, mm-hmm. and all of that. Mm-hmm. But you used to question me all the time, like, "How can you be this good of a person?" or "How can you be this nice to people?" and all of these things. And I used mm-hmm. to be like, "Why can't I be that?" So I would have to say, "You about to blame me for your no, you for you in your bag, you help me believe in <laughs> mm-hmm. who I am because." It's okay to be cuz I didn't actually believe in who it, it, it was in who you were to an but, extent. Right. Interesting. I know. But this is me. This is it. All of the I won't say trash, but all of the the stuff and all of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I would I, I won't I would I will say you actually allowed me to think about it more. I was like, am I dope? Am I all these things? What am I hiding? What am I doing? So I would say Sister Circle really helped me. So while I don't miss Sister Circle, Sister Circle helped me as a person mm. more than it did professionally.
1: Mm, that's good.
0: Because that camera will allow you to see yourself. Absolutely. Not just see yourself, but see yourself. And I saw myself trying to be all these things for everybody else mm-hmm. and was neglecting everything that Rashawn needed. You
1: just mentioned how we kind of... <clears throat> Close, fell out, close. We've been, we've been, you all good. It fell out because it, it was you. Yeah, I had some growing up to do. It's fine. I, I like how you just moved the mic all back and got all crass. <laughs> yes, I had growing up to do. It's fine. Do. Um, I am what, 12 years? Am
0: I 12 years younger than
1: you? my senior? My younger, my, my yeah. junior?
0: Uh, Probably around there. And I'm
1: not trying to make this like a soliloquy or this long drawn out thing, <clears throat> but I think a lot of times, or oftentimes, black women go through situations and friendship especially in our industry is tough it's a lot of things pulling and tugging on people where they kind of go in and out and it's not necessarily discussed the reconciliation piece isn't discussed as much as the the degradation piece and the gossip piece and the tearing down piece Mm -hmm. what say you to you what say you to how you think we can do a better job as black women in our particular industries. I gave you
0: grace.
1: You did cuz I was
0: I was having a time. Had a my time, self. but when you came back I didn't say anything negative about what happened. I said I'm here and have always been here. A lot of people there's a thing there's there's thing called unforgiveness that people die with. Mm-hmm. That literally manifests into Disease, mm-hmm. and then becomes disease. Mm-hmm. Unforgiveness really is the impetus for a lot of that. Yeah, who am I to not forgive that part and where you were and that? And then when you came to me, I knew you needed me more than than I could have been for you. Then when we were close in the beginning, you needed me more at, the, at that at that second part, that mm-hmm. that second phase. What if I do not give you grace? We wouldn't be here. Definitely not. So black women have to always extend grace. Nobody knows what we've been through. It's people out here who have been sexually assaulted, you know, you know, have been um, emotionally damaged, like spiritually, physically, all of these things. And we walking around here like the bad chicks that we are, damaged. Yeah. Damaged. And if we can't extend that grace to, to each other, then who are we? Who are we? Who am I to be like, nah, girl, you. That ain't how I made up. And, and, and I know that's that's not what you needed in the moment. You didn't need that. But I'm always <laughs> going to be the person to big up every woman in my space. Every woman in this room I've I have given life to by my words and my actions. Every woman in this room. And they can tell you. And that's how I show up. And I'm gonna continue to show up and I want my girls to show up for other women the same way I've shown up for other women. The hope is that we've done the same for you. Yes.
1: But but seriously, Rashawn, I have studied you mm-hmm. as not only a person, but also a professional. I have learned so much from you. At Sister Circle being able to watch how you were consistent every day. Every day. A lot of people lack consistency. You came in the same every day despite everything that was going on around us. But it's also the same on the personal side. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were kind of having some rough patches. And I came and I and I said at one point to you, when I kind of came to myself, I said, you know, thank you for seeing me enough in my heart to not abandon me. Because it takes a lot to still be in heart proximity to a person, even when you have to kind of create some distance, because yes. they're still trying to figure things out.
0: Yeah, li- that you so. articulated that better than I could have ever articulated. I never left you.
1: No, I and I, I never
0: felt like you did. Yeah. And
1: so I thank you for that, and I thank you for your example. Yeah. And I thank you for being an amazing mentor. Thank you. And I'm you, hoping man. that people's lives, you know, will be impacted by this conversation. I you hope so are too, man. I just one to cool soror. Hey!
0: And of course, Sheree is a member <laughs> of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority, Incorporated, and I'm representing Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority, Incorporated. Can we give it up for Sheree Nicole? Thank you, guys. Yeah. I know we went long, and my producer Nicole is having a whole hissy fit right now. I see you panicking. And- oh, girl, I got you, boo. I got you. We got it. I'm gonna change clothes. We're gonna get our next guest in in just a second. That man, won't he do it? Hallelujah! Thank you so much. Please continue to follow us here at KUSOR and follow us on Instagram and Facebook and all those things. But again, uh, it's been my pleasure. It's been my pleasure to open up to each and every one of you more about who I am uh, because uh, you know I-, I wanted you all to know, and hopefully um, some of this stuff can be life changing for you. All right, that's enough about me. Bye. <laughs>